0: Welcome to the College Football Bros. I'm Michael Newman, and I'm Trey Newman. So Trey and I ranked all twelve new hires in the Power Conferences uh, this off season. So we're gonna count down from twelve on that list, and then after that, we'll go through some of our favorite and least favorite of the remaining hires. No more P5 and G5, so we we can't split it up like that. I'm still having to. I don't know what we're gonna end up calling all these conferences, but uh, why don't you get us started, Trey, with Number twelve, yeah, we got Fran Brown of Syracuse. Now, I like the angle
1: Syracuse took here. They they tried to catch a flyer, Um, you know, because he's labeled as one of the best recruiters in the country. But but here's the the but he he did it at Georgia. Um, I don't doubt that he is a great recruiter. You know, you can kind of tell that players gravitate to him. But recruiting at Georgia is definitely a little different than in the Northeast at a place like Syracuse, Um, and then. That combined with the fact that he's making a huge leap from a position coach to the head coach, you know, so there's just not
0: enough to on him to to rank him any higher at the moment. Yeah, we both had him twelfth on our lists. Uh, number eleven, Jeff Lebby going to Mississippi State. I, I like the move for Mississippi State of going back to an offensive coach, just because, of, yes. of course, Mike Leach having success there and Dan Mullen having a ton of success. So, just kind of makes sense. Um, and Levy has coached under Josh Heupel and Lane Kiffin, so that's another positive for him. But it's an SEC head coaching job, and he's never been a head coach before. So, again, just hard to have him super high on this list. Yep. Number 10, we've got
1: Manny Diaz of Duke. Um, You know, he obviously has some history in the ACC, being at Miami before. And honestly, he wasn't horrendous there. Um, he, He just really... He he kind of built it back up, but he couldn't end up matching the expectations that he had he had built up. Um, He's got a good track record uh, of being able to recruit some talent, you know. And he kind of rejuvenated himself and, and led some great Penn State defenses. But but now he still kind of has to prove that he can take the next step as a head coach. And for Duke, you know, there's some positive momentum in the program from from what Elko left. So so hopefully he can kind of ride that wave and elevate the program a little bit more.
0: Okay, and I just realized I didn't kind of introduce who Jeff Lebby was. I know probably ninety percent of our listeners are diehards who know, but he was most recently the offensive coordinator at Oklahoma. So, uh, moving on to number nine, I'm sure everyone knows who this is: Sharon Moore at Michigan. And this is this actually last week he hadn't been officially hired, so this is our first podcast since mm-hmm. then. But we were it was pretty sure that he was going to be the be the guy, and he is a a tough one to rank because you can find examples of coaches like him working out and you can find some that that haven't so like if you look at oklahoma when they hired lincoln riley to replace a legend bob stoops that ended up working out great they won a bunch of big 12 titles went to the playoff a few times uh so so that one worked out the kind of you know hiring the top coordinator on on the staff but then if you look at say washington with uh Chris Peterson going out and Jimmy Lake getting hired. Yeah. We all thought Jimmy Lake was I mean, it just seemed like a as sure of a thing as you could get, right? Like just the best reputation and everything. Um did a great job with that defense, but then got the head coaching job and was pretty immediately uh out. So, we don't know, you know, what Sharon Moore is going to be. We can, you know, think positive thoughts about him, but we don't know if he's going to be a Lincoln Riley or a or a Jimmy Lake. So, we will see um, but without having been a head coach, everyone ahead of him on this list has had success as a head coach, so that's that's why he's ninth here,
1: right, and more like like you said we we just don't know it could work out great, but it's also you're like, oh go ahead, what's your
0: oh sorry no, i was i i uh what I do like about it, I didn't sort of mention what I like, about it. like so far, very early, um his words and i think some maybe kind of. Action on the the NIL game, yes, have have all been very positive. Like he has used the words relentless in recruiting and aggressive, and those. That's what I like to hear at a big time job like Michigan because it's going to be hard to be as as great of a coach as Jim Harbaugh, but he could potentially out recruit what Harbaugh had been doing.
1: Yeah, that's going to be a saving grace because I've seen the same thing where he's talked about he wants to be more involved, like be act like if a head coach is active on that front as much as Mm -hmm. you can. that can only help, um, but yeah, the more it's it's just polarizing because some people will say, "Well, no other big schools were lining up to get him," but you know he's and and it's it's hard to follow the the shadows of, of Harbaugh. So I I hope he does well for him and and the fans and the players seem to gravitate to him. But yeah, but like you said, it's tough to tough to place him. All right, number eight, David Braun. Is it Braun or Brown? <laughs> I think Braun. Yeah, that's what I assumed, right? Yeah, David Braun, Northwestern. Um and this one is kind of funny because, you know, you could make a case for him to be near the top of this list. And if you were kind of if you were making the yeah. rankings at the beginning of the season before the interim tag was removed, you'd definitely have him at the bottom. Um, but he literally just won the Big 10 coach of the year. Yeah. Uh, you know, they were 1 and 11 last year. They had the Pat Fitzgerald drama. They were supposed to be awful again. Managed to go eight and five, a bowl win over Utah in the Las Vegas Bowl. And, like, you know, prior to Northwestern this year, he was a defensive coordinator at FCS North Dakota State. Hadn't really ever been around an FBS program, including back to his playing days. Like, he had never been around these top programs. So, pretty impressive. Like, we'll see how much he can rally the Cats again, you know, as people, they're not going to necessarily take him for granted and still has an uphill climb in the Big Ten. But what a first, you know, interim season. Incredible
0: yeah he's probably like how am i eighth like what more could i have done? i know and it's it, it's tough he there's nothing more he could have done but i i think we both kind of agreed i don't know i still am not fully bought in i, I don't know right. i don't know why i just feel like i need to to see more i guess because of the the lack of experience at this level yeah than the one season uh okay number seven is brent brennan at arizona getting hired from san jose state where He did a great job. Seven-plus wins three of the past four seasons there, including 7-1 and in 2020 and winning the Mountain West. Uh, So that's a tough place to win, and I give him a lot of credit. We will see how he can recruit, stepping up a level to the Big 12, but but as far as on-field coaching, he's pretty proven. Yeah. Kurt Signetti, Indiana
1: he comes in from James Madison where he was incredible and he just kind of, this guy seems to be a winner. Um, You know, at James Madison that there was three years that he was there when they were in the FCS, they finished second, third and third. Um, Then, you know, of course, James Madison makes the leap to FBS. They go eight and three in his first year, 11 and one, this most recent year finish in the top 25. I mean, that's pretty incredible in just year two. And, he worked early in his career, you know about a decade ago he worked for a few years on Saban's early Alabama staffs. He was with Philip Rivers um coaching him at NC State. Like so the pedigree is there. Uh you know the thing is when you look at Indiana, it's obviously a very tough job,
0: but I think he'd be a good coach at at even better programs. Yeah, for sure. That was such a great get for for Indiana. Number 5, Mike Elko at Texas A&M. Of course, he was there defensive coordinator a few years ago and then took over a duke program that had kind of bottomed out under um uh david cutcliffe and he immediately turned them into a winner they went nine and four year one seven and five in year two and he's so it, it's a this the hire makes sense i also like the hires he's made to his staff particularly offensive coordinator colin klein from k-state that was a a pretty good get a m does lose a lot of players so it's kind of a, a tough situation to walk into in that sense but he also did a great job in the transfer portal so that's kind of a, a promising start. He, he brought in a lot of, of great players to replace them so yeah we will see like I said sensible hire but it's just it's not sexy it just doesn't yeah. for whatever reason I, I don't think um, yeah certainly not a home run but just solid he's a good coach it seems like and
1: that's that's kind of what they figured hey we went with the home run with Jimbo and yeah it didn't you know we paid all that money it didn't work so let's go this route so at least like I don't know if you did you mention he's familiar with the program so that helps yeah yeah um all right Willie Fritz um went to Houston from Tulane and he is one of the hardest for me to be to be honest because I think I've mentioned this before Over the last couple of years, he's a coach where, you know, it just seemed like there was this national media narrative that he was this a great coach. Um, And I just kind of went along with it. I I didn't really like ever dive into it. And then I, I a couple of years ago, I looked at his record. You know, he did really well at Sam Houston State in FCS. But then at Tulane from 2016 to 2021, his best record was seven and six, had some losing records in there and then i to his credit though boom like the last two years 12 and 2 11 and 2 a new year's six bowl berth, they they won the cotton bowl like i think it's a good fit for Houston as i think he definitely can elevate the floor and he knows the recipe to to kind of turn them into a contender into this new big 12 I, cuz i think Houston is a sneaky good job especially in that league they have serious upside and for him, this is the most resources he's had, so I would think he should be able to parlay that into some sex, success.
0: But I'm just I'm cautious with him. I don't know. Yeah, I I get what you're saying. It's again for whatever reason, I just don't find it the the sexiest hire. But he's he is one of those coaches, kind of like you know uh, a mini Kalen DeBoer, where he's he's just always been successful. Like I know maybe the Tulane tenure. The early part of it wasn't as successful as pe- people were making it out, but you go back to to Blinn College in JUCO. He did a great job. Central yeah, it, Missouri was there for a long time, had a great record. Sam Houston State, you mentioned Georgia Southern, had a good couple years. So it's it's a lot of stops where success, success, success. So um, I think I think yeah. he ended up in the right spot here, though. I think uh, number four was where I think we both had him. Um, number three jed fish going from arizona to washington and he took over arizona in a very rough spot kevin sumlin went zero and five in his final season year there the the covid year Which, and, uh so, by yeah. the way kevin sumlin i had him ranked i thought that
1: was like a home run hire i'll say that every year he's Me one too, of those I like of i will
0: i i don't know how that like scott frost like i don't know how that didn't work <laughs> I'd, yeah i thought for arizona that was a very good hire I've, i feel like i've heard some revisionist history on that t- talking about how it just was a bad hire and I, I don't remember a lot of people saying that at the time yeah. maybe they were but i guess probably you know i mean it, it it didn't crash and burn at the end for him at a&m right like he still had enough positive energy yeah. that that like it stepping just down a level to arizona was like yeah that's that's good that's good yeah that. seemed like such a good fit yeah, the offense, uh, yeah, in the Pac-12, but didn't work out. Anyway, uh, Jed Fish was there to pick up the pieces. So he started year one, understandably, 1-11, and 11, but then took him to 5-7, and seven, and now 10-3. and three. He also stepped up the recruiting uh, success. So it was just, I mean, there's nothing really bad you can say about his tenure, and it was at a program where they don't have near the resources that he's going to have at Washington. Now, again, he's... Oof. It's very tough timing to be taking over the Washington job because <laughs> yeah. they just had incredible unsustainable success the last 2 years like even Kalen DeBoer wasn't going to keep replicating no. his his record there I'm sure but uh and now of course with losing you're so basically starting much, over. Yeah, yeah. They're, they're kind of starting over. So it's going to be a league. success for him to go 7 and 5. I mean early for me to say that i don't know what their win total will be but they're they're not going to the playoff again well actually again there's 12 teams now so i don't want to make any declarative statements here but the point is it's it's a tough situation but uh but i'm not grading the situation i'm grading him as a coach
1: yeah and it is pretty amazing like we we were even amazed when we were doing some of those recruiting episodes the last year or two we were just shocked to see arizona up there and credit to fish man
0: um Uh, by the way i've last episode we talked about how you know, we were going to be stronger with our takes. I can't, I couldn't have been weaker right there. I could not <laughs> soft, have been weaker with my take. soft, sharp, Uh This one, I think
1: you and I are very strong on Jonathan Smith, Michigan state, you know, cause we've always, if, if anyone's listened to us, of course you've always, we've always liked Smith. Um, and I think this is just an awesome hire. And if you were ranking, you know, on all of these hires this year, which one would have the best impact on their situation or their program. I, I think I would have Smith. Number one, I, I considered putting him number one on. I did list. too. Strongly. I did too. Mainly because of the fit. Um, cause you know, we've talked about, it, but at Oregon state inherited, obviously an awful situation somehow made them. It took a couple years, but he built them the last three years. They've been a factor in the pac 12, um, you know, they finished in the top 25 the last couple of years. So he's proven that he can take less talent, develop them into winners over time. And his style, like he had a, a tough program. They had a good defense, ran the ball well, you know, effective quarterback play. That is the the perfect fit for Michigan State. Like, because similar to Oregon State in the Pac-12, Michigan State can't necessarily recruit with the big boys of, you know, Ohio State, Penn State, now Oregon and USC. But we've seen obviously you can have success at Michigan State, and I wouldn't be surprised if if he had a Mark Dantonio like impact on on the program.
0: I I agree with you right there. Like it's just it's the right fit. it's like the Kalen DeBoer fit at Washington. It just kind of feels like the right level for him. Yeah. Um, so and
1: and their timing was right because had the Washington job open, you would probably would have thought he would have gone to Washington. I don't know. Mm-hmm. You just never know. But I think it worked out well for Michigan State
0: for sure but number one on our list it was it was even though i don't think it's a, a definitely not a grand slam and maybe maybe not even a home run for for alabama but he's such a good coach that you yeah. gotta put him number one Kalen de boer uh just been extremely successful everywhere he's, he's been i know it's it's a broken record every time we talk about him but he just got to bring it up three naia national championships at sioux falls was the offensive coordinator for one of the biggest turnarounds in college football history at Fresno State. They went from, I think, one win to 10 wins. Um, has He went to Indiana as their OC and made Tom Allen look good, had a top 20 offense there. Went back to Fresno to become the head coach, and they had had a bad year under um, uh, Jeff Tedford the year before. He had, you know, had a he took over in the covid year i think they went like 500 but then year two nine and three and then off to washington where we all know what happened there he ended up making the playoff in year two and making the national title so what is not to like he always has a really good offense um it's just i go well to answer my own question is can he recruit and and kind of build out that machine like Well, not doesn't necessarily have to build it. I guess just kind of keep it going and compete with the Kirby Smarts of of the world in the SEC. Only one Kirby Smart, so I guess he doesn't have to compete with multiple of them. But we will see. But uh, but yeah, number one, Kalen DeBoer. I I, I didn't think about this before, but it'll be kind of an interesting case
1: study where, because obviously Alabama recruiting wise, they've been top three. You know, just you name it every year. It'll be interesting. Like I don't know how much it'll fall, but say they fall to like fifth or sixth i I don't know where but say that's kind of the average next few years could be worse but you know how much does his coaching prowess you know overcome that or does the talent of georgia just outmatch that you know but because because we probably agree that because he got like he there's this washington team was not national title good but he was able to to do that so it'll be interesting to see
0: definitely It will. Yeah, I'm. Yeah, I'm very interested just to see where their recruiting ends up. Yeah, is it going to be second? Is it going to be first? Is it going to be sixth? I, I really don't know. But, uh, but yeah, the thing is, you, Georgia recruits extremely, extremely well, and they also coach extremely well. Yeah, you can't just do one of them. So, we'll we'll see what happens. But uh, how about let's get to the the rest of the hires. Some of our favorite and least favorite, mostly favorites, honestly, because I think. If we had com- just done all, oh, yeah. however many hires there were, and put them um, on one ranking, I think three or four of these would have been in the top five in terms of best hires. I totally agree, and it's and and these names like I wouldn't
1: take I wouldn't take some of these names and and hire them at, at some of these bigger programs, but for they these programs themselves for these whatever we're calling them the lower level or whatever, mm-hmm. they're I think a lot of these are like perfect marriages okay so which one is the best tough question but which this one is is the this best? this is very tough you know what i
0: think i'm gonna say i wonder if it's the same as me i think i'm gonna say wow that's really I think, tough i think you're gonna say the same thing as me i think i'm gonna say sean lewis oh, I, I thought you might go no well i, I th- that was okay that the was the reason a, i but but i that was on my top three I
1: mean, the, I was flipping a coin between a few, but but the reason I like Lewis at San Diego State is obviously more resources than at Kent State, and he did great with Shadur at Colorado. There was just the the drama there or whatever happened, um, and San Diego State desperately needed an offensive coach, and I think he could get them back in the mix of the Mountain West. Yeah.
0: it The style is just so perfect, I, perfect, it is. I feel like, for San Diego. Like, it just... Yeah, running running the Iowa offense they obviously was extremely successful for a long time. So they were winning, but it never honestly had the same. I'd rather go eight here. and four with this offense than, <laughs> yeah. than nine and three, ten and two with Heck the yeah. other. <laughs> if I'm a San Diego State fan, I'm definitely more likely to go out and, and watch a game at uh, Snapdragon with Agreed. Sean Lewis as the the head coach. All right, so but, who um, are you going with? Yeah, I love that hire as well. Uh, Bronco Mendenhall at New Mexico. Yeah, he Just, was one of the few. Because they've been a horrible program, and Mendenhall, of course, huge success at BYU, kind of in the yep. area out here out west, and at Virginia, like in the ACC, did a pretty good job. Yeah, had an orange there. bowl year too. Yeah, it's not. And it's, he wasn't fired; he just stepped down. I forget exactly the the situation there, but there was. It wasn't like it was not one of those uh, agree to part ways. Yeah. No, he just he stepped down, and so. For New Mexico to get him, like that's that's amazing.
1: Yeah, I I, I watched a couple other games at the end of the year, and I think they were like slowly turning a corner. So I wouldn't be surprised if he could be the the captain that gets them back, you know, relevant in the Mountain West. Um, Okay, so we've got guys like Bob Chesney from Holy Cross to James Madison, just because he's a great up and comer. I think he did. An incredible job at Holy Cross, where they won four straight Patriot League titles—kind of some unprecedented success that there, um, including some upsets over some bigger FCS programs. So,
0: I think that's a, a good hire for James Madison replacing Signetti. Uh, he was on my list. The the only other one on my positive list was John Summerall. Yep, I figured at Tulane, uh, he, he crushed it at Troy, twenty three and four after taking over a team that had three straight losing seasons that's a guy who i you know like if he got hired to an sec job i'd be like yeah that makes sense yeah we thought he was gonna get a better gig it is weird that these i feel like these lower level these you know formerly g5 guys aren't i don't know are they if maybe i'm just maybe it's just because this one happened but it does feel like usually he would go to an sec school or wait another year and go to an SEC school. But yeah, I don't know. Or the new Big 12. But like yeah, if I was Mississippi right. State, I think I'd rather have John Summerall than than Jeff Levy. I definitely would. That's interesting. Even, yeah. though I, even though I said I liked them getting an offensive guy, but I'd make an ex- exception. Yeah, no, you've been a Summerall guy. I mean, hard not to. <laughs> yeah, Michael, <laughs> well, not, not before yeah. <laughs> he went 23 and 4. <laughs> yeah,
1: exactly. Yeah. Um, Michael, you made the call that Oregon State is not a power team anymore. So Trent Bray, I apologize. I apologize. I didn't make that call. That's <laughs> I'm just kidding. That's realignment just made kidding. that
0: call. Yeah, I, I'm aware. Yeah. He, not that he would have been on our list anyway. He was but. he would be on my he would he be was, lower on my list just because it's like, eh. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. He
1: didn't have the experience. But no, there's there's just a lot of good hires. I won't get into the the details, but like major applewhite at South Alabama scotty Walden going to utep from the lower level but the one that's interesting is for boise because they need to get well they don't need to but they've been in our lifetime they've been so good the last whatever 20 years um and they finished the mountain west year so well under him i'm curious to see if he can actually take the reins and and keep it up yeah. i don't know
0: they, they kind of like know. had to give it to him but it's it not like ex- the, the home run higher it doesn't excite me because yeah would he be getting the job if they went two and two in his Yeah, in exactly. uh, I Yeah, exactly. know. are we basing yeah. it off a small sample? Obviously he's been on staff, so they must really like him, but
1: yeah, I just, I don't know it. what
0: to think of that one. Um, the ones I don't like are just a really Tony Sanchez at New Mexico state was the only one that I'm like, eh, I mean, cause yeah. he, he failed at UNLV. Uh, so it's just, I mean, but I there again, like Jerry kill, but tough to tough to hire there.
1: That's why I like, how did the, how did New Mexico get Bronco? That's I know. so good.
0: I yeah, that's that's what I'm
1: saying. I think he just likes oh. the the lower pace, you know. Yeah,
0: kind of out of the limelight sort of deal. No pressure at New Mexico. No, no pressure. Yeah. Well, you might have Diego Pavia piss on your field. <laughs> actually, you won't because he's in, he's at Vanderbilt now. So big time transfer for Vandy. Uh, also, I guess we have some news tennessee under investigation surrounding the nico deal we'll see if anything comes from that i don't really have any thoughts on all of these there's so many schools under investigation at this point i florida yeah. state florida now is miami i don't know it feels like they should be i don't know if they yeah. are, but it's just i i can't muster the energy to care about this stuff i just we just need to revamp this whole system and figure out a way that these just pay we're paying the players so let's just we're in this awkward awkward bridge and it's just like no one knows what to do i mean we
1: kind of know what the end game is going to look like i think but it's just a matter of how we get there
0: yeah and i wonder how long it's going to take i it feels like it's going to happen quicker than yeah Like if compared to what you saw like two three years ago yeah yeah but like it it's it's so inevitable at this point you know you got jim harbaugh and and Chip Kelly and other coaches talking about what we need to do. Well, and that's to be honest.
1: And I, I for Jim Harbaugh, like that's that's what sucks about for college football is wh- Harbaugh might have gone to the NFL anyways. But if he didn't have all this noise and distractions, like he just got to do his thing, like maybe he's still. We need guys like that in college football. Like losing guys like that, that that's not good for the game. So
0: and that that certainly didn't help with Sabin as well who knows maybe he might have stuck it out a, another few more years if he didn't have to deal with all this great right. kind of uncertainty and who knows but yeah it's it's definitely not it's 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 the awkward. system is weird right now but uh but anyway that'll do it for this episode of the college football bros uh thank you for listening and we will talk to you next week